Good morning, Matt. My name is Sebastian Demontesu, and I'm the CEO of uh, Endeavor Mining. So um, Endeavor Mining is a top 10 gold producer uh, globally uh, with a competitive advantage and strategic focus in the world's largest gold producing region, uh, West Africa, currently producing about 1.1 million ounce at the industry leading holding sustaining costs or production cost of uh, $950 per ounce. Uh, we're regionally focused, uh, but diversified with small mines across three countries, uh, both in Senegal, Côte d'Ivoire, and Burkina Faso, along with uh, seven advanced development projects and over 100 exploration properties. Uh, we tend to actively manage our portfolio uh, to focus on assets with plus 200,000 ounces of annual production, but also with, which is very key for us, uh, industry-leading holding sustaining costs below 950 uh, and over my life of less of at least 10 years. Uh, we recently divested uh, two non-core assets uh, with higher cost, Bungu and Wanyu mines in Burkina Faso, uh, improving our group cost by about $40 per ounce, $45 an ounce, uh, and, uh, and with high man life. Um, and while also diversifying the portfolio further, we obviously have less exposure to Burkina Faso. Uh, and we are able I mean, to diversify because we've been also focusing on growth projects, and we're currently building two projects, uh, La Figue in Côte d'Ivoire and Sabadola Massawa expansion. Uh, in uh, in Senegal, so uh, very pleased. I mean, to be here again, Matt. Well, good, good to see you, Sebastian. Um, right, so um, growth, very very important part of the, what we're going to be discussing today, uh, but also in the backdrop of uh, record high gold prices. Uh, not too bad at the moment, isn't it? Can't complain. Good business to be in, but you know we've been waiting for that, uh, and I think that's just the uh, you know the beginning. We all know that uh, you know once interest rates in the U.S. would have you know topped uh, and started to potentially you know decrease and revert, then this would be you know probably a good you know window for gold price. I mean to uh, to rally. Uh, what is surprising is still, and this is where I think there are some opportunities. I mean for your audience, uh, Matt, is the significant discount uh, that we see today between the gold price and the gold equities. Uh, so clearly. A lot of opportunities still to be made. I mean, for uh, for investors, right? Okay. And if I look at some of um, your your big big holders, and if I look at some of the people covering you, um, I, I'm sort of intrigued as to what they're looking for. Um, what do they need from you? So let's let's talk about some of the moving parts that you think are important. Obviously, uh, one, uh, you know, in, increased gold production. So what's going to be driving that? Well, I think uh, you know, I think that's. The fact that we are one of the lowest uh, gold producer means that uh, you know whatever the gold price, and in particular in current environment, we are able I mean, to generate very strong cash flow. Uh, and uh, you know we've been for the last I mean three years putting uh, a progressive, uh, I would say, aggressive shareholder return program, uh, which allowed us I mean so far I mean to return close to eight hundred million dollars you know to shareholders uh, by way of dividends and buyback. And uh, so I think we've got an attractive you know overall yield. Uh, on, uh, on on Endeavor. And on top of that, we have our own organic growth, uh, you know, strong organic growth profile, 1.1 uh, million ounces in mean, this year, but we're going to be, you know, producing from two new mines next year uh, with uh, La Figue in Côte d'Ivoire and the expansion at Sabadara Masawa. And we've made also a major discovery last year at Endeavor, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. So we basically have the chance to have a significant organic growth pipeline uh, within our portfolio. Allowing us, I mean, to continue to deliver, you know, very strong uh, results and, and cash flow for, uh, you know, for our shareholders. Okay, so if I may, can I just start with kind of portfolio tidy up that you've been doing this year? You you, you referenced that uh, earlier in, in the conversation. We're looking, obviously, uh, uh, Bongu and uh, Wagin, Wagin, you know, uh slightly higher 
cost um, profile there. But nevertheless, in this gold environment, presumably would have been capable of making uh, money. So w w why get rid of those? Sure. Well, you know, we've got this, um, we've talked about in the past, this, uh, you know, magic box, you know, concept uh, where we want to continue to maintain uh, a low cost, uh, you know, asset base. Uh, so assets, which overall the portfolio allowing us to produce below 950 audience sustaining cost and with at least 10 years mine life for each of the assets and also to be above 200,000 ounce of annual production per asset. So, you know, solidifying, I mean, this, you know, type of uh, asset base. And at the same time, you know, we always said that uh, we wanted to be focused geographically in West Africa, but diversified over several countries. So we had, uh, I would say, a significant exposure to Burkina Faso on the back of the acquisition of Semafo and Tranga. Uh, so Wanyo and Bungu were basically, you know, assets with, uh, you know, higher audience sustaining cost than the Magic Box and shorter mine life than what we want for the Magic Box. So we felt that it was, you know, a good way to, uh, you know, continue to be extremely disciplined on the quality of our portfolio. And also at the same time to de-risk a bit geographically uh, by, you know, increasing our presence uh, in Senegal and Côte d'Ivoire and therefore reducing our exposure to uh, Burkina Faso. Okay, interesting. And, and with the ghost them, the... I mean, the, I think you talk about a sort of 300 million bucks there, but it was, it was 130 million of, of cash up front and the rest sort of, I think there's another 25 million coming imminently, end, end of Q4 and, and end of Q1 next year. Um, what do you do with that money? What's the best use of that money? Is it developing your organic portfolio or as some of your shareholders are thinking, oh, maybe now's the time for some M&A? No, I think the, uh, you know, so far we've been, you know, building uh, those two mines, uh, which will go into production in, uh, you know, end of Q2, beginning of Q3 for both of them. Uh, you know, we're probably one of the rare company being able to develop, I mean, two projects at the same time uh, and still, you know, making sure that we deliver those projects on time and on budget. Uh, so it's a total of, uh, you know, close to $800 million in CapEx, uh, you know, that uh, 750, I would say, you know, that we've been investing since last year on to, uh, to develop, I mean, those two projects. So clearly being able to I mean to get cash out of the asset sale allows them I mean, to maintain a very strong balance sheet. Uh, you know, we expect that we would peak at some point during construction at, you know, no no more than 0.5 times net debt to EBITDA ratio, which is you know pretty healthy, you know, balance sheets while you know building, I mean, two mines at the same time. But very quickly we'll be uh, you know coming back to a net cash positive on the balance sheet on the back of the delivery of those two projects. And the objective is to progressively, in particular in this current gold price environment, be able to have this, uh, you know, progressive, you know, shareholder returns, uh, you know, to uh, to our to our shareholders uh, by being able to progressively continue to increase, you know, our dividends and, and buybacks. Right. Okay. And do you, do you think the, do you think you've got any lessons that you've kind of learned with that kind of that disposal there? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to work out the reaction in the market with in terms of share price. Obviously, it kind of. Um, Went went down off the back of that. Recovered in October, um, which is obviously good news. But w was the message under w was the market understanding why you were doing it, what you were trying to do, and you know and how you were going to deploy that capital? Sure, I think the the market was extremely supportive. I mean, of the sale of those two assets. I think the drop in the share price that we saw has been, you know, the combination of two factors. One, I mean, is the market. Uh, you know, we got a you know, during that period of the gold price, I mean, going down back, uh, you know, significantly uh, compared to where we are today. And also there was a lot of uh, geopolitical risk, you know, around the region, uh, you know, with uh, a coup in Mali and a coup in Burkina Faso. And therefore, given our exposure, I mean, to Burkina Faso, right, you know, probably, you know, overreaction on that, you know, geopolitical risk. 
So the fact that we were able to reduce that exposure by selling those two assets, you know, has been, you know, well perceived. Uh, bear in mind also that we are in construction phase uh, and usually given, you know, all the blow ups, I mean, in the market in the past, uh, you know, with project being delivered, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, over budgets, uh, delayed and so on. There is always during those construction phase, uh, you know, uh, investors who can be worried or standing on the fence, you know, before, you know, coming back to the name. So that we've seen that a bit during, you know, I would say Q2. Um, but, you know, I think the strong signals that we've given to the market that, uh, you know, those two projects are progressing extremely well, that we've mostly de-risk, I mean, all the budget. Uh, with for both projects, more than 85% of the CapEx already committed uh, without any surprises on, you know, budget numbers. Uh, and the fact that those, you know, two projects are progressing well, you know, means that uh, we should be, again, you know, delivering those two projects, you know, on time and on budget, which has been, one of the strengths of Endeavor, because we've got this, you know, strong uh, construction team internally uh, that allows us, I mean, to deliver two projects at the same time and still deliver them, you know, on time and on budget. Okay, and and do you, do you think um, that obviously, you know, on time, on budget, eighty five percent invested um, and ca- cash um, in the bank, is that going to allow you kind of break away from this kind of proxy to gold price, like, you know, that correlation that you've got going on at the moment? Because that, that, we come back to that growth. Um, question, which is how do you demonstrate, how do gold companies, producers, demonstrate growth and sort of decouple away from gold price, which is not necessarily a bad thing at the moment, but do you know what I mean? You, we, we always want more. So is that enough or is it going to come from things like, you know, you've just you've just announced with uh, Tanda Iguela, you know, increased resource, um, et cetera. Would you need something even more uh, I guess exciting, like like M and A always sounds to get seems to get people going. Is that would that be smart? Well, I don't think that in the current environment and given where we are, you know, we need to go. I mean, for uh, any any particular M and A transaction, uh, you know, uh, first of all, because of the discipline we have around the quality of the assets. I mean, we don't need. I mean, to grow through M and A for the sake of size. I mean, if we wanted to be a two million ounce producer, you know, we would, should have just kept. I mean, the assets that we had in the portfolio. But rather than that, you know, we prefer, I mean, to be extremely disciplined and focus on a very strong quality of portfolio. Uh, so I think what the market is looking at Endeavor is, you know, our ability to deliver what we say. And we've been doing that constantly, I mean, over the years. The fact that you have, uh, you know, strong production, but on top of that, you know, low cost, I mean, compared to the rest of the sector. You know, surprisingly, most of the sector is now producing at, you know, 1,300 audience sustaining costs. So there is a big gap between where we currently produce and where the rest of the market is producing. And we've got this, you know, organic growth that, uh, you know, we've been demonstrating year after years. Uh, you know, La Figue that we're currently building is an asset we discovered back, you know, six years ago. And it will be in production next year. Uh, so Tenda Iguela that we just discovered is probably, you know, one of the biggest, uh, you know, West African discovery for the last, you know, decade. Uh, and, and this will be a major tier one asset in our portfolio, you know, going forward. So the market can see that, you know, we are able to find, you know, answers at low cost. We are able to build, you know, mines and we are able to operate them, you know, with low cost, which in, in return allows to generate strong cash flow and have this, you know, attractive shareholder or return program for, you know, for our shareholders. Well, well tell me about that because I've spoken to at least a, a handful of um, CEOs of gold producers over the last two weeks. They're, they're, they're saying there's a new paradigm. There's a new kind of cost base. Uh, for them, and that, you know, I've been quoted as high as fourteen fifty as as the new norm by by a couple of CEOs, uh, which which you know, obviously, to shareholders would seem seem extraordinary. But 
there's a lot been a lot of pressure previously because of COVID and the supply chains and therefore inflationary issues. Why is West Africa immune to that? So I think it's it's. Uh, I mean, you're right, and and it's interesting to see, uh, you know, that uh, you know some some CEOs in the in the sector are now, you know, uh, uh, saying that it's going to be difficult. I mean, to see some, you know, um, reduction in audience selling costs because the market has been, you know, for some of them expecting that, you know, after the high inflation environment, you know, COVID and all that. That we would see, I mean, a drop, I mean, in cost, uh, and and I don't think we're going to see that for a lot of companies, uh, in particular the ones operating in, uh, you know, developed countries, North America, uh, Australia, and so on, because there are things that will never go back down. I mean, you take salaries, for example. I mean, uh, suddenly you're not gonna in North America, you're not gonna stop, you know, uh, paying lower salaries. I mean, to staff. Uh, so there are a lot of things that are not going to drop, and therefore it's probably going to be a new norm. And that's the beauty of West Africa is we've been partly, I mean, immune, I mean, to some of it, uh, simply because, you know, if I take the case of Endeavor, in terms of salary, we've been working a lot on growing local talents, uh, which means that, you know, uh, uh, you know, we're proud to say that we want to develop local talents. Uh, so if we have expatriates that are not happy, you know, with their salaries, you know, we've been training, you know, new people in the region, you know, which are extremely good, and we are not short, you know, of, um, of labor. There is so many, so many that want to join you know, successful mining companies in West Africa. Uh, you take another example, which has been successful, you know, in West Africa is our ability, I mean, to build very quickly in new mines. You know, the permitting process, in average, I mean, it takes less than, you know, 1.7 years, I mean, to develop a project. You take between 40 to 60% more time and sometimes more cost, you know, to build in North America and in, uh, and in, and in Australia, for example. Uh, so it has been the most prospective region in terms of discoveries. Is this extremely efficient in terms of building? And you still have, you know, lower, I would say, average cost than other regions. So, I mean, the downside is probably, you know, the perceived geopolitical environment. Uh, but if you are diversified like we are, you know, over several countries, you know, we never had any, you know, incident on any of our mines. We've been, you know, managing that risk, you know, for our shareholders. Okay, so it's, it's, it's quite interesting to me in terms of that de-risking component. You've, um, I want to look at some of the other things that you're doing. Obviously, you, obviously, the recent announcement of Aguila moving more of the, um, more of the resource into the inferred category. Um, why, why, is, why does that get you bonus points with the big funds that are um, supporting you and, um, and sticking with you? Again, I think it's consistency uh, over the years and the fact that, uh, you know, most of our shareholders, in particular the largest ones, are not going to wake up, uh, you know, one morning, you know, thinking, oh, I mean, those guys have done something crazy. Uh, I think they see that we are disciplined uh, and, and we keep delivering, uh, you know, again, both on production, on projects and on exploration. Tendai Iguela is a very good example. You know, last year no one knew about Tendai Iguela, uh, and we came out with the first uh, resources: uh, one million ounce of indicator, then two million ounce of inferred resources at two grams a ton. And uh, this year we've been, you know, exploring significantly. Uh, you know, overall we've done close to 150,000 meters of drilling just this year. I mean, on Tendai Iguela to accelerate, and we came out. I mean, with this, uh, you know, significant inferred resources, you know, showing uh, last week. 4.5 million ounces of indicated resources at two grams a ton. I mean, this is a major discovery, and I know that you know some of the benchmark. You know, I just would like I mean to give you just to put that into perspective. But uh, you know, if you take companies like uh, you know darlings of the market, I would say uh, predictive uh, you know discovery. I mean, predictive discoveries have you know 4.1 million ounces at 1.6 gram. We are already after two years at 4.5 million ounces at two grams to ton. Uh, you take record resources, 
you know, uh, 3.9 million ounce at 2.5 grams per ton. After two years, we are already at 4.5 million ounce at two grams per ton indicated. Reunion gold, 2.5 million ounce at 1.8, you know. Great beer, I'm coming, great beer is a good example. Great beer, I mean, it's 2.7 million ounce at 2.6. I mean, we're far more, you know, away, you know, than great beer. And this was acquired by Kinross at $1.6 billion. So this shows, you know, how, you know, important is, you know, this discovery we have now in the portfolio, which is preparing the next phase of projects. So two to deliver next year, and then already preparing for the next, you know, tier one phase of construction, you know, for after. Uh, with a significant discovery that was done at the, you know, we spent in total only $15 million in exploration to discover those assets, uh, which is, you know, where you create value. Uh, and how you could buy, you know, tomorrow, you know, one of those, you know, projects, it will cost you, you know, half a, half a billion or a billion dollars. Then you would have, I mean, to put another half billion just to develop them. So you will be all in, you know, at one, $1.5 billion before, you know, producing any gold. Uh, you know, ten day wet up. I mean, we've got already the project for fifteen million dollars. Yeah, it's it. I, I can see that what I was what I was trying to get out of today's conversation is about how you and the board are you know constructing this. I know you've kind of got your portfolio objectives of you know under a thousand um, um, bucks a sec, and you know was you know t- ten years of production ahead of you, and one and a half million assets, et cetera, et cetera. You've kind of got you've got you've got these goals, and sometimes there's a kind of building phase, and I just kind of felt that. This year was a kind of you looked again. You almost like a, a reset moment. Let's go. That scale isn't necessarily the driver here. It's margin and uh, what you can do for the well, share price. So, I agree. Is, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think it's quality. It's not. It's not a reset in terms of changing. You know, the target. The target has always been to be. You know, between in this range of you know one point four to one point six million ounce because I think that's the sweet spot. Uh, you don't need to be 2.5 million ounce and dilute the quality of your portfolio. Uh, be reminded each year you need to replace some I mean, depletion. So uh, unless you want to be, you know, 2.5 million ounce producer for two years and then drop, you know, we feel that it's better. I mean, to keep, you know, a low cost portfolio so that whatever the gold price environment, you can maximize cash flow, and through that cash flow you can invest it into your own business. You know, both in developing new projects, investing in exploration, and that's the quality of West Africa. You've got so much better opportunities, you know, for discoveries, and at the same time being able to reward your shareholders. Okay, and so what have we? What have we got? What does this put you in a position to do next year? Why does this kind of drive the price? Because if I again, if I'm investing in you, if I look over the past three years, um, you know, I, I've got a, I, I, if I was timing it perfectly, I could have made made a sort of stack of money. But if I'm sort of sitting back, I'm, I'm kind of feeling as this sort of gentle sideways movement in what has been a difficult time for gold this i agree with you, okay not a reset but the, but the, but this new portfolio um rebalancing this um rebalancing of your your your, your cash position um what's it going to do for you over next year or the next two three years if you want to look out that far Sure. I mean, if you look at, you know, you fast forward next year, uh, you know, uh, two projects delivered on time and on budget, uh, you know, by year end next year, we'll be, you know, producing 1.3 million ounce, you know, from 1.1, I mean, this year, uh, at this current goal price, you know, we'll be, you know, fully deleveraged. So back to net cash positive on the balance sheet. And then, you know, we still have this next 10 day weather project and tier one assets. I mean, to come in the box for you, you know, two, three years down the road. So you've got a very healthy balance sheet. You've got, you know, 1.3, 1.4 million ounce, you know, uh, portfolio at lower in sustaining costs, generating strong cash flow, and therefore appetite, I mean, for further, you know, shareholder returns. And at the same time, still, you know, organic growth, which a lot of companies are chasing now because, 
you know, in this gold price environment, I mean, investors going to ask, I mean, where's your growth? Uh, and, and in fact, we've got that growth. So, uh, and we've got that growth at low cost. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of, uh, you know, endeavor mining.